Oscar winners for best picture from uh, from worst to best, and we're all the way up here at number five. No, number, number six, six. Sorry, we have five left after this. Yes. Yeah, these movies have a lot of work cut out for them because uh, last week you said the or move, number seven was your favorite movie of all time, and yeah, the week before that, number eight, I said that's my favorite movie is The Apartment. So yeah, and now uh, they have we'll to compete see. with this movie. Uh, tough competition. I gotta tell you, this is a great movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, but yeah, let's not bury the lead. What are we talking about this week? We're talking about All About Eve. Yes. From, from 1950. Yes. With Betty Davis. Ever heard of her? <laughs> yes, I have. This is so good. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, so what's your history with All About Eve? I have seen it before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, a number of years ago, but I don't yeah. know how many years ago. Um, I loved it then. <laughs> yeah. I I love this movie. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say that already, but... Uh, me too. I, it's just a great movie. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, shame on you for time. not having seen it already. I've seen it several times. Okay, good. Yes, but for any of our audience members out there who haven't seen it, go watch it. Oh, it's so good. We are in the year 1950. That's a long and time ago. This movie beat out four other contenders. So let's look at these other in the movie that's very much about competition. Look at the losers. Oh. Okay. <laughs> First up is um, King Solomon's Minds, which is kind of an adventure story based on a, a book about a treasure hunt of trying to find. King Solomon's Mind is, is kind of a. A treasure that's kind of uh, hidden in the heart of Africa. Okay. It's about the British or Americans. They team up with a, a character who goes by the name the Great White Hunter and go into the heart of Africa, the Congo, to find this treasure. And they encounter some of the in- indigenous tribes and they're treated with great respect in in this movie. Uh, it ages really well. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> um, this one doesn't hold up? No, it's actually not as crunchy as you would think, knowing that they have like this 1950 movie where people have run-ins with African tribesmen. I think you would probably expect it to be worse than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it's like a, it's a decent adventure movie. Okay. I wouldn't really recommend it, but, well, what I would recommend it as is kind of a precursor the type of movie that Raiders of the Lost Ark was um, inspired by. Okay. That kind of adventure, exotic adventure, okay. uh, buried treasure movie. It was. Uh, so Born Yesterday is also one of the nominees this year. Have you ever seen Born Yesterday? I don't think so. Uh, this is a, a, I would call it a screwball comedy starring Broderick Cawford, Judy Holiday, and William Holden. Uh, who is so I've seen Judy Holiday and something else. She has a, like a funny voice. Yes. So maybe it was, oh no, you've seen her in Adam's Rib, I'm sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so interesting. So the movie is about, Roderick Crawford plays kind of this tough guy, meathead uh, businessman. He owns a company that suddenly goes rich and he's trying to fit in with high society. So he hires... William Holden to train his 
wisecracking blonde girlfriend to be more. Okay, um, sounds great. Uh, you, I think you would really get a <laughs> kick out of this. It was adapted from a uh, smash hit Broadway play. Okay. Which starred Judy Holiday. It was actually the play was made for Gene Arthur, uh, who we saw in You Can't Take It With You. Uh-huh. Kind of a bigger star, but she ended up quitting shortly before it premiered. And Judy Holiday was her understudy. What do you mean premiered? Oh, oh the uh, play. The play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so kind of an oh. interesting parallel to the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. She was the understudy, got her break, wow. and she was the toast of New York for for the play Born Yesterday. Uh, but Hollywood doesn't like theater act. You know, the, they like their own movie stars. So when the playwrights were bought, um, the studio boss was had his heart set on Rita Hayworth. Okay. Uh, but she had just announced her retirement from acting. Uh, but he insisted he's not going to cast Judy Holiday. He was very insistent on that. He referred to her as that fat Jewish broad. Oh, Isn't that tiring? She's really She's not fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's not a, a comment that if you want to live well in posterity that you should make, but... It was 1950. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. She had a lot of backers from people in the industry who are also from New York and, and knew her from this play and how great she is in this part, which you know she played hundreds of times on stage. Mm-hmm. One of her big supporters was Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Uh, so at the time, as the casting was going on, she was starring with Catherine Hepburn in Adam's Rib. Okay. So uh, she plays the woman who's on trial, right? If, for those who don't know, Adam's Rib is kind of another screwball comedy with Hepburn and Tracy playing a married couple on opposite sides of this mm-hmm. case. And Judy Garland, or, sorry, Judy Holiday is the center of the case. But she, Catherine Hepburn actually... Uh, leaked to the press that Catherine Hepburn is really upset because Judy Harliday is stealing scenes from her. And and so it was like a very humbling thing to do just to help this uh, lesser-known actress and and kind of even portraying herself as the... Okay. Well... Betty Davis. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, uh, but anyways, so she... Make a long story short. I say Margot. Margot, exactly. Uh, or maybe Betty Davis, even more than Margot. Yeah, to make a long story short, she did get the part. She's just got this very distinctive style. Uh, anyway, uh, Born Yesterday, you, you would like it. I don't know why you yeah. haven't watched it yet. I know, it's so rude. Look it up. Uh, also, Father of the Bride, speaking of Spencer uh, Tracy. This, yeah. uh, this is a story where Elizabeth Taylor really early in her career plays his daughter who's getting married and so this is just kind of a comedy um people are probably more familiar with the remake by steve martin from 1991 steve martin and uh diane keaton um but yeah this is this is lovely Uh, yeah it's a good one yeah yeah so so check that out Uh, i don't have much to say about it it's father of the bride um 
kind of a, a crowded year for mm-hmm. movies, but it made the top five. And but finally, the other, the last nominee we have is Sunset Boulevard. Okay. Which made for a really tight race this year. This is oh. one of the best movies ever made. Um, Really? Have you ever seen about Sunset Boulevard? No, no. Um, such a great pairing with All About Eve because this is about the Hollywood side of it, where All About Eve is the Broadway side of it. This is a story of an actress, an aging actress, but also also dealing how she deals with the writers and directors and people behind the scenes. Uh, Gloria Swanson plays... A, um, a silent movie star okay. whose career ended as soon as sound came out. Mm-hmm. So it's set in 1950 where she is just kind of holed up in her mansion on Sunset Boulevard. It's kind of grown dilapidated and she's just kind of like, a, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a film noir based on, on that setup. Okay. So William Holden... Wow, runs, he's a lot of yeah, stuff. He's, he's all over the place here. Yeah, he um, he's like trying to hide from the repo men, so he ends up in her driveway and and kind of gets ensorcelled in this uh, gothic uh, mystery with this grand dame of, of silent cinema, okay. glorious Swanson. It's directed by Billy Wilder, who's just a genius. This is. Cited by many is his best movie. Um, obviously, my choice would be The Apartment, but uh, I mean, I, I think those are pretty close second. Like, yeah. It just appears really well with All About Eve, and these were the two most talked about movies in 1950, and they're still kind of, they've both aged so gracefully. The movies have, they're ironically both movies about aging. Um, yeah. But yeah, this would make a good discussion, too, because we talked about Billy Wilder and the silent era yeah, and all of that. Uh, really just a, a, a absolutely terrific. Well, this isn't a podcast about Sunset Boulevard because it lost. Yeah, loser. Loser. So on to our feature presentation. I'm not interested, but thousands of people think I'm six or six hundred. Just one person, isn't that so? You know what this is all about, don't you? It has very little to do with whether you should play Cora. It has everything to do with the fact that you've had another fight with Bill. Bill's 32. He looks 32. He looked at five years ago. He'll look at 20 years from now. I hate men. (laughs) Um, So that's Betty Davis in All About Eve. So what is All About Eve about? All About Eve is... It's like the original Parasite movie. (laughs) Wow, I had not thought of that. (laughs) I had not thought of that comparison. Okay, so explore explore that more. So, uh, anyway, this is a movie about an aging theater actress, very famous, Mm -hmm. who get this, is dealing with her own, you know, she's kind of a diva. Yes. So she is a diva. Yeah. <clears throat> and it follows her, her boyfriend, her, and their best friends who are a right. married couple who he is a 
screenwriter, whatever. Not screenwriter. Yeah, playwright. Playwright. Yeah. playwright. <clears throat> anyway, and Eve comes in, and and she is just this young girl who kind of worms her way into every aspect of their <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, that's the parasite recommendation because they, oh, know, okay. they kind like of infiltrate. She the, yeah. does infiltrate. Which she's you know, a parasite, yeah. She is uh, a parasite. Right. Like she has a plan okay. all along, but they don't see it until okay. she's already sucking all their blood. And, okay, I didn't and, see that connection, but yeah. you have, you've told me. I, yeah, I actually see the comparison also with our our last movie with the vertical stuff with on the waterfront, oh. the highs and lows, and the yeah. Oh yeah, I'd like yeah. to hear more about. I mean, I can think about the staircase and stuff, but. But anyway, yeah. so um, they have that. So it's it's really uh, and just a, like a really engaging whole <laughs> cast, and every a young Marilyn Monroe. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of very her early, early, very yeah. early in her career. Right. Is this her first movie? Might. I don't know, but she I don't know. Was very early in her career. Yes. And. Um, Funny too. Yeah, and. Anyway, just a just a amazing. Uh, there's so many great themes in this movie. Yes. Great lines, great everything. Such I, fantastic And then Shere Khan, it's kind of narrated <laughs> yes. by. It's narrated by several different characters, but starting yeah. with him, yeah. Yeah. As the uh, poison pen, uh, yeah. kind of the, the theater, theater critic, critic slash gossip columnist. Yeah. We saw him. In kind of a similar role, yeah. right? In Rebecca. Yeah. And uh, anyway, what is his name again? George Sanders. George Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. And, and One of the best voices in movies. Oh, yeah. He, I always think of him as Shere Khan because... Well, yeah. I mean, there's such his, a distinctive voice there. Yeah, from the Jungle Book. But yeah. The tiger in the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is just... And one of the uh, things I love about this is just watching people catch on to eat. Yes, it's so it's so well. It's just such a smartly written movie. And I just, you know, Marco is just one of the most multidimensional characters, I think, in movies. I oh. think this might be my favorite performance. Of Betty in Davis? Mo- in movies. Oh, just in movies, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's hard to compare to Meryl Streep, who's phenomenal and everything. So, but so is Betty Davis. This is oh, I think you could she's compare fantastic. her to Meryl Streep. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, this, this is just so great. Such a rich character. Who's a really rich character. Just at the same time, she's like really on very unlikable in that she's very clearly jealous of Eve, but she's mm-hmm. also the first coming who's aware. Catch, no. She's not the first one, but she catches on before some of the others. Yeah. Birdie catches on yeah. first. Birdie, right? Birdie is the first one. Yeah. But she, so she's a diva. Yes. Right? But she also is, is like so self aware and, and yeah. so, you know, it's so interesting how she, um, she knows she's got these qualities that can be destructive. That are mm-hmm. destructive. And it's almost like an alcoholic. Okay. Or somebody with an addiction. Yeah. That even though 
you know, that, that she famous... She is a drinker. She is a drinker. <laughs> that um, famous line from this is, buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy night. Fasten your seatbelts. Fasten so your seatbelts. It's going seat to be a bumpy night. Is that what it is? Fasten your seatbelts. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a bumpy night. But yeah, I was going to pull that clip, but it's too obvious. She, oh, <laughs> it's so good, but it's like they... She knows her tendencies. She knows she's been triggered, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she still has time to stop herself, but she yeah. just she, she just indulges herself in in this kind of thing, even though she knows it's not gonna end well. Right. And it reminds me of like um you know, like a somebody who's addicted to something and, and mm -hmm. Okay, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's really just, uh, you know, at a time where she should really rise above. But there's so many layers going on because Eve still has. She has just realized that Eve is. Actually, does she even realize it? She's pretty sure, but she's almost self-doubting. Part of it is her recognition, but part of it is also being driven by her jealousy yeah. and her her being threatened. So yeah. it's like her her best instincts and her worst instincts are kind of working side by side. Yeah. That's kind of why she's such a fascinating character. And she's not trusting her best instincts. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like she knows it, but she's also, you know, like she can't come up with a good argument mm -hmm. against, you know, yeah. her innocent Eve. Yeah, I think her best acting moment is an early scene where she's in bed. She's woken up at midnight, or probably at 3 a.m. because mm -hmm. it's midnight California time. Because Eve, without telling her, had scheduled a call to her boyfriend um, for her birth for, to wish him a happy birthday. So, but the scene is, she has no idea what's going on, and she's like, I'm not calling Bill, but you, you see just that dawning on her what's happening, because she mm -hmm. doesn't even remember that it's his birthday, mm -hmm. but you just see on her face just this, like, it, it runs the gamut of so many emotions, mm -hmm. because you, can, you, you also get how fond she is of Belle. Like, mm -hmm. just what joy it is just to hear his voice. Mm -hmm. And and then just that, how she shows that moment of recognition that, oh, it's his birthday. And then she's, like, also catching on that Eve must have scheduled it because she doesn't know. And... And he but then also, right, she also mentions that he's working with Eve on the guest list for the party. Which she doesn't means, seem to know about this party. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's also registering, is it a nice thing for Eve to do? Or is this kind of, this is kind of getting in on my territory here. Yeah. It's a little, you know, Right. it seems, you know, it's almost like she's, uh, Eve had just yeah. invaded the intimacy between, between Margo and Bill. Yeah, she yeah. got in there. And, you know, but again, it's a tough situation to navigate because for, as a personal assistant, which is a role Eve has gotten to play, it kind of makes sense, and that's kind of a thoughtful thing to do. A little invasive, but, 
you can see someone could have done this innocently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's interesting to me that it's, if you take out Addison, right? Is that yeah. the film critic's name? Yeah, the theater critic. Theater right. critic, mm-hmm. right? You take, outside of his character, the it's the women first. Yes. That Because it, it, it kind of goes in order. Nobody sees through her until it until she kind of steps on them mm-hmm. on her way up right right so you see that first with birdie that yes. was kind of, that's why right. i wanted to watch it those <laughs> okay. scenes again yeah. because i was like at the end of the movie i was i was wondering about this but birdie at the beginning i was like was she suspicious from the beginning yeah and almost her better instincts were from the beginning of like as Eve is telling her story, she's like, wow, that's like everything but the, it, almost like a vaudeville act that she's yes. telling. She doesn't mean anything by it, but it kind of sense, right. sets them off and she, you know, kind of apologizes and, you know, it's mm-hmm. almost, she's like, this seems unbelievable, but she still believes it. Yeah. But then it's not until Eve kind of takes over her role yes, and gets in between... Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, and then yes. then Birdie's onto her in a big way, yeah. And and if and then Margot, it's that moment they that give, you describe. They exchange this look that's so great on both actresses' part after uh, something where Eve is. I don't even remember what triggers it, but uh, definitely her over the top caretaking. Yeah, but it's also interesting the Birdie character because. She was a vaudeville star, kind of the bigger star. And so there's almost an implication that mm. Margot was the Eve to her oh, at some point. I and had now, not even thought of that. But she's also representing, because the movie's very much about aging, and mm-hmm. Birdie's kind of representing what Margot will eventually become. Is yeah. this uh, someone who's... Achievements are belittled as this fifth-rate vaudevillian. Oh, you know, I hadn't thought about that. In uh, taking the time frame into account, 1950, Mm -hmm. I wonder if they thought 1950 as film is really in its heyday. Now you you have television starting up Uh, in 1950. Mm -hmm. If they thought that theater will become the vaudeville, where it really hasn't, theater is is still... right. I mean, a television. Uh, and yeah, it's are probably words. more of. Uh, I think maybe at that point it was more common for the, um, you know, working class to go to the theater. Where now it's, right. I mean, kind of considered more hoity-toity. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe not. I mean, Broadway is kind of a tourist attraction now, mm-hmm. so that's. Maybe a little different, but... Yeah, but an expensive tourist attraction. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't exactly. thought about but, that. I mean, when tourists... Years. When, like, the tourists go to Broadway, it's really usually these splashy musicals that everyone's familiar with. They're not going to probably go into a movie, a play like Aged in Wood. Mm. Yeah. Um, this drama kind of set in the South, uh, maybe similar to The Little Foxes, which Betty Davis was in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's an interesting that that play is named Aged in Wood because it is a movie about aging and the self consciousness of uh, of aging. 
And so that's, watching it this time around, I kept thinking, to what extent is Eve just a red herring? Like, the movie is really all about Margot. Really, it really is. It is a story of an actress who is, um, she's learning to accept her age and her place Mm -hmm. in the world. One of the conflicts is she's playing characters who are 20. And everybody in her entourage Mm -hmm. is saying, oh, you're perfect to play that. But she Mm kind of knows she's not. And she's really kind of learning to accept and embrace her role. Whereas the Eve storyline is almost just highlights the themes from Margot's story. And it's really just kind of keeps the plot in motion, but the focus is is really on on Eve and her yeah. development. Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching a, um, I know I'm not supposed to, but I was so I was watching a couple of YouTube reviews on all about Eve, which I don't usually do. You're allowed to I, 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 I do, do that. But I was trying to get some of the early scenes without paying for it, and I couldn't find them, but. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's how I got in there. And one of the reviews, I just was like, they described how, I didn't even watch it all the way through because I didn't think they got it, but they described Eve as victorious in the end, where to me, really, it's Margot who's victorious in the yeah, end. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you that that's sort of this. Red yeah, I mean, because Margot is the one who kind of rises above her d- divaness. Is she's right. like shedding the the and you can, she shows how much happier she is. Like when she's just sitting with Bill and say calling him my groom and just being kind of giddy, right? Almost about, and it's not just that. Oh, she learns that her man is more important than her career, but it's mm-hmm. it's. Um, she's learning to accept who she is, right? And not and who she pretend is, to be someone else, which is yeah. what her career is, actually. Is she's also learning to... Um, she, she becomes less selfish in the at, throughout the movie. So she mm-hmm. sort of realizing that she needs other people, that she needs to be you know, the importance of relationship as opposed to just having everything, just having the whole world revolve artificially around her. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it kind of is this real growth. I don't see it as this anti-feminist. She's leaving her career. I mean, this is one of the most feminist movies we've seen. I I mean, all the... I mean, the, the great, I mean, so many great female characters. Exactly. That was kind of what this stupid thing, you know, was talking about is that, you know, Eve chooses. I mean, Bill only. is kind of a, and, and um, Hugh Marlowe are kind of on the sidelines. Um, oh, yeah. Bill the, and Lloyd, I mean, they're not, I mean, the, really, yeah. probably the most significant male role is probably Addison as. I guess the villain of the piece, but I mean the yeah. largest roles are Betty Davis, Ann Baxter, Celeste Holm. Yeah. Now, uh, so Addison is the only one who 
kind of recognizes Eve for who she is yes. without having her step on him. Mm-hmm. Probably just because, you know, it takes one to know one. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they... Um, so it's almost delightful. It is delightful to see him kind of beyond her in such a... When she tries to do it to him, mm-hmm. and he's just like... No, yeah, no, honey girl, I don't. Well, I mean, it's very much a movie about deception and self-deception. I mean, in the scene we rewatched, uh, talking about her childhood, he was saying, "I've got, I was always play acting. I got to the point where I couldn't tell the difference between right. fantasy and reality, right?" Yeah. And I mean, that's that's so much. But uh, you know, uh, Margot's struggle is telling her difference between this who she is and Margot Channing, right? And she even says at one point, Bill's in love with Margot Channing and she's not going to exist in five years or ten years. Right. But that was her, you know, that was something that I I thought was really, I don't notable, is that Eve comes in with... No attachments of any kind, right? Right. No friends, no family, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Margot, who is this, you know, I mean, they they talk about how she's hard to be around. She's mm-hmm. a diva, but but she is she has good people in her life that that love her yeah. dearly and that are, you know, she she sustains relationships. Yeah. Despite her flaws, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, you kind of, you, you see it, you see her become more nuanced as the, yeah. or I guess for me, I could see more what they saw in her as, right. the, as the movie goes on than right at the beginning where you just see more of her. It seems like she just uses people, but she really doesn't. Yeah. She No, she doesn't. Yeah. And, I mean, um, they have... It, it, she and Karen have like a really solid friendship, and right. that comes through. And she does have a a, a good relationship that with Bill that yeah. kind of comes through, even though almost every scene is them fighting. It you, is you do kind yeah. of. It's not surprising when they're suddenly doting on each other. Exactly. And, yeah. Right. Because although it was surprising the, that he, I thought. It was kind of leading up to, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to leave her because she's being yeah. unreasonable. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many ways to tell you, like, this is not a problem. And we could see, like, oh, yeah. we're already on to Eve by this point. He's not on to Eve. But, you know, as soon as she tries to outwardly seduce him, yeah, he's, like, totally on to her. And, yeah. and I did not expect him to react, I, react uh, like that. Yeah, well, and his reaction is... Not just, uh, oh, I'm I'm just so in love with Margot, I could never. It's what I want, I go after myself. I don't want yeah. it coming after me. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, a, I mean, a great movie all around. Uh, yeah. We have such great dialogue even for Bill. who the, Otherwise, right. the script doesn't really care about. She's right. just kind of... Yeah, uh, that's so true. But I mean, just these tremendous fight scenes, just on how the... The dialogue is written that you can the at that um, at that audition when they're on the stage, 
was really for an audition for the Marilyn Monroe character that never happened. But there's this epic fight, which is like Eve, no, sorry, Margot versus Lloyd, and then Margot versus Bill, and then Margot versus Addison. And the beef is different between all three, but the dialogue and the acting is just so well done that it, it almost flows from one to the next in a very easy way. And, uh, and also Eve that. is just in the background kind of moving yes. in and out of all this is mm-hmm. like the very much the innocent. Yeah, she's so, oh, I I wish you were here to do the yeah. audition because I could never, and everyone's yeah. um, going off about how well she's done. And, um, yeah. I just, it's, yeah, it so often doesn't come off well when uh, just a, a shouty argument on film, but it's so glorious here. So especially glorious, with, yeah. You know, to have them both on on stage, but then have it lead up to her yelling to the very back of the room as he's Lloyd is walking out. It's it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I really love the movie. It's uh, really holds up well every time I go back to it. It's yeah. just so... Just one of the most smartly written movies and the performances that are just out of this world. Is the actress at the end who... Mm-hmm. Phoebe? Phoebe, yeah, yes. that we see who's now going to be... We see how the cycle um, goes so quickly. Is she somebody famous? No, I looked her up afterwards. She doesn't have a whole lot of credits. Okay. I think she was in an episode of Mr. Ed. Oh, the Talking Horse. Yes. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, the, as you said, this is kind of at the dawn of television, which I think I Love Lucy debuted in 1950. Okay. And it's kind of interesting how these two couples in this movie are kind of similar to, like, uh, Lucy and Ricky oh, yeah. and Ethel and, and Fred. Uh-huh. The, yeah. Just kind of their dynamic and how they kind of interact with each mm-hmm. other. A lot of barbs and love and sarcasm and yes, all of that. Yeah, um, the uh, dialogue is. I mean, it's not a sitcom, so it's much sharper here. Uh, that vitamin of vegetable something. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. I also uh, love Birdie on so many levels yeah. in this. She's also in Rear Window. She's also in Rear Window, yeah, which we talked about last, last week. week yeah. With, uh, yeah, Playing a very similar character. She yeah. reminds me of Carla from Cheers. Yes, okay, and good so call. So I feel like I look Carla is just like playing this character. I think she has held the record for winning the most Oscar nominations without winning. I think she has like six. Really? Yeah, with the one. Um, uh, she's great. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, Very much Carla from Cheers. Yes. And then the and Marilyn her... Monroe character, it's interesting because she plays this young actress who is. Of no threat at all to Margot, interestingly. Even though she's trying to... Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. 
But, yeah, but she's also someone who is being controlled by Addison. Yeah. As, uh, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> she's so good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, very small role. Uh, but just, I mean, all around, you have, uh, the, I mean, it was written and directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who was, uh, his father wrote Citizen Kane. Uh, wow. So good pedigree. Um, he had one best screenplay and director the previous year for a, a movie called The Letter to Three Wives. Okay. Uh, so kind of good back-to-back year mm-hmm. for it. Uh, Lost Best Picture to um, All the King's Men, which we didn't talk about, but I saw last. But yeah, I mean, what else to say? The great party scene. Really great party scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, just, I mean, what great, a great scene. dresses. I love the costumes. Yeah. In this. Uh, I mean, it's just immaculately put together. It's, it's just a, a really solid movie. And. Uh, yeah, and as I said before, really uh, fascinating pairing with Sunset Boulevard, which says so many of the same themes, but on the Hollywood side of yeah. it. And that being replaced by a change in technology. Terrific year for movies. Yeah, I mean, this, so many great, I just love this movie. I do too. Is there anything else to say about All About Eve? Go, go watch it. Go watch it. Oh my yeah. gosh, if you haven't seen it, it's so fun. It's a great movie. Yep. Uh, did you pull up a limerick for it? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's this one starts out well okay. and then kind of peters at the end. <clears throat> okay. In the world of theater so grand, Eve Harrington with schemes at hand. She climbed up the ladder with lies that did flatter, but Margot saw through she'd planned. Oh, that's better than the last one. Yeah. So and it and it and at least sometimes it doesn't keep a limerick style. Margot, this is Dennis's now. I yes. just read the chat GPT. <clears throat> Margot, a star of the stage, she played parts too young for her age. Eve Harrington dreamed, or better yet, schemed to reign on dear Margot's parade. <laughs> yeah. Nice, thank you. Uh, so all about Eve set the record of fourteen nominations. Oh, a record that's only been matched by Titanic. And La La Land. Okay. Since. Uh, nothing's ever gotten 15. La La Land did not win Best Picture. It did picture. not. But well, it t- did. <laughs> it was announced. It, it didn't win, but it, it was announced. Yes. Yeah. But this one did win, as did Titanic. Uh, it got five acting nominations. Five acting nominations. A yeah. lot of supporting actresses. Yeah. More than one. So... So, Best Actress Margot, or Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Supporting Actress could be any number of them, but certainly the Eve, who's Anne. Anne Baxter Anne was Baxter. actually also in Best Actress. Oh, really? Both as leads. Oh, yeah. both as leads. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Okay. Yeah, it was both all about leads. Eve. <laughs> and then another actress, Supporting Actress, mm-hmm. would be their best friend. Celeste Holm. Yeah. Or Birdie, even. Were they both nominated? Yeah, they were both nominated for wow. Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Wow. And then was, for the men, I don't know, Addison seemed like he would be yeah. my pick for a, out of Yeah, George Sanders. Okay. Uh, he was actually the only actor that won from the movie. 
Really? Yeah. She she didn't get the best is... actress out of this? No. Um, I mean, it's really... It was Judy Holiday playing the number oh, one role. Oh, that's so funny. Born Yesterday did win over... It's very... Um, one of the more talked about Oscar snubs, I guess, is that she beat both Betty Davis and Gloria Swanson for Sunset Boulevard, which are often listed among the best performances of all time. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame because Judy Holiday is so good. I mean, it's it's more it's a very entertaining performance, whereas Swanson and Davis just have these yeah. really fleshed out characters. I mean, yeah. it's, so it's uh, a masterclass in acting. I I think I, I really like Judy Holiday. I wouldn't put it among the best performances of all time, but she won. Okay. Uh, George Sanders won Best Supporting Actor, and okay. the supporting actresses both lost to Josephine Hall, who was. Played the um, kind of a comic relief character in Harvey, the oh. Jimmy Stewart movie about the yeah. imaginary rabbit. Oh yeah, it was a fun movie. Yes, and best actor was Jose Ferrer from Cyrano de Bergerac. Okay, and we will see him in Lawrence of Arabia. Oh okay, uh, but could hear only won six out of the fourteen, but I think. Was a tough, really tough competition. Yeah. A lot of those went to um, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, and George Sanders was great. He's so good. Yeah. Um, best costume design. I could see that. They're great costumes. Yes. Uh, no songs from All About Eve. So okay. I think you will. I, imagine you recognize this song, but you won't get the movie it's from. In fact, I'll just the movie is Captain Carey USA, which I had never heard of other than that one. It's the source for this song. So, can you name this tune? Very famous. Mona Lisa? Yes. Good job. So, that's a wrap for the 50s. We've um, gone through the whole decade. Wow, now we're getting into top five. And I have seen only Casablanca of the top five, so the other four I haven't seen. Uh, All About Eve is the second movie we've discussed that got a number one ranking from uh, one of the list. The Slant has this as the best, best venture winner of all time. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you had it at 13. Yeah, what's up with that? It should be higher than that. I think so. Uh, You know, 13 is pretty high. Oh, we got, what, what do we think is coming up next? I mean, really? Oh, I think... I have my guess. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Schindler's List or Lawrence of Arabia? It could be any of the three. I mean, I, you know, I've said many times what I think the top two is going to be. Really, I also should remember, this is kind of a list I cobbled together in an afternoon, you know, I mm-hmm. did not think I'd still be talking about it a year and a half later, but, <laughs> uh, so, I think those, Casablanca and the Godfather certainly would be the consensus picks, but, you know, the, I based it on really only eight lists, so, like, one outlier, you know, some jack and apes who think, well, I'm gonna put 
the Godfather is number 73. Could, you know, so. But at any rate, I think those will be the top two. And the other three, I think, could go in any order, but I would, I'm going to guess Schindler's List. Okay, yeah. Next. All right. We get to find and out what's next. Well, the only one left that you've seen is Casablanca, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So let me, let's see what is coming up next. Oh, Schindler's List. Yeah, just those we guess. Okay. So. Schindler's List. Okay. Yeah, the last movie left that came out in my lifetime. So. Okay. Uh, but what do you? What would you guess Schindler's List was I mean, about? it has something to do with the Holocaust. Yeah. That's what I remember. And you previously said that you think being on the list is a bad thing. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Because then you'd be, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. And Schindler, are you Schindler, looking forward to it? I don't know. Not really. I, I think I would have watched it already if I were looking. Um, I probably have avoided it just because it seemed violent or something. Uh, well, it's a heavy it. movie, but I, actually, I think you'll be quite fond of it. Okay. Actually. Well, we shall see. Um, Yeah. All right. So until then, goodbye.